It was a cold, misty night. The air was filled with dew. Sandra wakes up from her bed and looks around. Yawn, I've been sleeping for what feels like 30 years. Sandra gets out of bed and pads downstairs. Huh, she thinks. It's dark in here. Better go open a window. She walks to the window. What? Why are there planks across the window? I can't open this. It's boarded shut. Sandra walks to the door. Oh well, I'll just open the door for some sunlight and air. Sandra goes to open the door. Huh? This is boarded up too. <laughs> Sandra is confused and goes to every single window and door in the house and sees that they're all boarded shut. She panics. Oh God, I'm trapped in here. I gotta call my mom. Sandra puts the phone to her ear. There's a ringing. Once, twice, thrice. There's a little click. Hello? Mom! Oh my god, thank god you picked up. Where are you guys? Where's dad? Where's Uncle Tommy? Where's little brother Jim? I'm all alone in here. <laughs> I don't know why I gave them all names. Um. Oh, honey, is that you? Is that my Sandra? Yes, mom. Oh, it's so embarrassing when you say my name. God. Call me Sandy like everyone else in the high school. Oh, my little Sandra, it's so good to hear your voice. Whatever, Mom, let's skip the chit-chat. Why am I trapped in this house, and why are the doors and windows boarded shut? Oh, Sandra. Oh, of course you wouldn't know. You've been dead for 30 years. I blink my eyes once, twice, thrice. What? <laughs> Mom? What the hell are you talking about? Sandra, watch your language. Mom! Oh, You're so embarrassing. I can say hell. Oh, my little Sandra. My little Sandra baby. Oh, how I miss you. Oh, Mom, you're saying the weirdest things. I don't even know what going on. Sandra, oh, I know this is hard to believe, but you were murdered. What? Mom? I touch my cheek. My hand goes through it. What? Mom, how was I murdered? <laughs> That's a secret. I'll never tell. Beep. I drop the phone. I gasp. <gasps> it can't be. My mom couldn't have murdered me. Why? Why? Why would she have? I run to the mirror. I look at myself. I'm a ghost, and my murder is a mystery. <laughs> no, it Welcome wasn't. back. <laughs> what? It wasn't a mystery. Well, we don't know the motive. Oh. Well, we don't know why the mom killed her.
I feel like that's up to interpretation. Welcome everyone back to our scary podcast. What a frightening start to this episode. I hope you guys were scared out of your boots. Welcome back to Spooky Stories with Mel and Jess. I am Ahona. I am your hot host. <laughs> I am the hot one. Um, I hope you're all doing well. I missed you guys. All right. Uh, you've heard the episode, first episode, I'm sure. So I'll just give a little quick, brief explanation. Mel and Jess both get a prompt a spooky prompt, and they write a spooky, spooky story to scare the bejeebers out of us. Uh, Mel, would you like to say hello to our cheering crowd? Hi, my name is Mel, and I forgot to read the prompt again. So my story is based off of what I remember from reading it a while ago. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Mel's the spontaneous one out of the three of us. <laughs> Jess, would you like to say hello? I would love to. Um, hi, it's Jess. I did remember to read the prompt. Jess is the only good one out of the three of us. Just kidding, Mel. You're you're pretty cool. Um, you're just so spunky and spontaneous. You're just such a crackhead. I'm baby spice. You are baby oh my gosh. After we record this, we gotta figure out what spice girls we are. Um read prompt spice. Yeah, Jessica, you're prompt spice, I'm hot spice, and Mel can be baby spice. Well, no, I'm spontaneous spice. Okay, we are all our own individual spices. (laughs) I want to be turmeric, sorry. This episode, we have a brand new special guest, our good, good friend, Chelsea. Chelsea, say hello. Hello. If you were a spice, Chelsea, what kind of spice would you be? Well, I'd like to think that I'd be something like smoked paprika, but I don't think I deserve that. But I think you deserve it. I put smoke one time. Oh my gosh, story time! One time I put smoked paprika on uh, some broccoli I cooked, and it gave me the worst stomach ache. It was just paprika and broccoli that I ate for brekkie. Mm-mm, it's so good. <clears throat> well, let's get into it. <laughs> Oh god, this is so embarrassing. My name is Ahona, I am your host. I have a black belt in Taekwondo, I cannot touch my toes, and I don't think I've ever met a person named Steve, which is crazy, because Steve seems like the most common name. And if I have met someone named Steve, hey, oh my god, how have you been? It's been so long since we've talked, we should really catch up sometime. Uh, you know where to call me. So today's prompt is... A woman wakes up to find her family gone and her doors and windows boarded up with no way to escape. Shocker. Um, all right. Chelsea, just so you know the criteria that you will be judging these stories on, they are out of 15. Each criteria is out of five. Uh, quick math. The first piece of criteria that you will be judging the stories on are, would you tell this story around a campfire? The second is, can you sleep tonight? (laughs) And then the third, and my favorite that always makes me laugh, can you bring it home to mama? (laughs) Oh god, it's so freaking funny. I don't even think anyone else is laughing over in the listening world. All right, well, I enjoyed it. Okay, let's jump right into it. 
We are going to start off with Jess's story. Jess, do you have a name for your story or do I get to name it again? I do not. And I would love for you to name it. I would also love to name it. Okay, everyone buckle your seatbelts and keep your spook socks on because Jess is going to try and blow them, blow them off. Content warning, we didn't do that last time. Um, but this one does get a little icky with mentions of like blood and injury. Just forewarning for anybody. It's not super explicit, but it is present. And I want to make sure that people know that. The first thing I noticed when I opened my eyes was a stiffness, both in my back and pressed against it. Stretching out my hand, I found the reason with my fingertips. The floor. I was laying on the wooden floor of my bedroom, flat on my back, close to the side of the bed. Did I fall out of bed sometime in the night? Why would Charles not have woken me if I had? I sat up, looking onto the bed, only to see he was not there. His spot was empty, the white sheets a mess and covered in a strange pattern of shadows and light. The light, it poured strangely into the room, saturated enough to say it is, it was, in fact, morning, but scattered into beams, focused, narrowed, broken up into daggers, breaking through where they could. Turning to see what was blocking the day from illuminating the room, I saw the straight, silhouetted forms pressed haphazardly against the glass. I stood, nearly tripping over the edge of my nightgown as I did, and rushed to the windowsill, running my finger carefully over the sharp ends of the nails jammed through the cedar, from the outer siding of the house and in through the wall. They were still cold, and the wood still smelled sweet, freshly broken. That was all I could take in for a few moments until a thought crossed into the forefront of my mind. Why are the windows boarded up? Fear gripped me next. What could have happened that the windows needed boarding? That Charles was not there to wake me in the morning? That day had broken and I could not hear the voices of my children from deeper in the house? Doing my best to temper my breathing, I moved to the door, only half aware of my own movements, playing over in my thoughts all of the terrible possibilities that might have transpired while I was sleeping. Hand around the cold brass handle, I pushed the door. Nothing happened. The door would not budge, would not move as I moved against it. I pressed a few more times before realizing why, even against all the strength I could muster, it would not open. The ends of nails splintering through the doorframe. Boards on the outside of the door, against the outer edge of the windows, from the outside as if to keep something in. A sickly feeling began to set in around my shoulders, making its way slowly down my arms, into my chest, crept up my neck in branches of unease and a growing hint of terror. Cold and prickling and disorientingly weightless, my hands began to shake. My breath followed in shuddering gasps. Why? Why? Over and over, it is the only thought I could manage. Why am I sealed inside this room? What could have happened, an event seemingly forfeited by my memory, that could warrant such a peculiar and awful thing be done to me? I called out for Charles, for our children. I cried their names and listened as the syllables bounced off the walls and returned back to me, hollow. The room was small, 
The sound did not travel far, and it almost seemed to echo and circle around me, mocking me. I shouted louder and louder, and still was met with nothing but my own voice in silence. Nothing but echoed air and a soundlessness not even broken by the sounds of the morning outside. I could not hear the wind, or the birds, or the cattle that should have been in the field. The room was quiet and small, and the windows and door were sealed, and I was there, alone. I was alone. Are you? I could not help but gasp. Words. From somewhere. I wiped the blur of tears from my eyes and searched the length of the room. The cracks in the mostly covered window even pressed my ear against the door. But there was no sign of anyone other than myself. The bed, the wardrobe, a painting on the back wall, these were my only company. Breathing in and out, I closed my eyes and decided I imagined it. The uncertainty, the silence, they move the mind to delicacy. Sometimes it works to fill in the perceived gaps, and mine was no doubt working to answer the immediate question, why had I been left in here alone? But then again, a voice, a whisper upon many whispers all together, which seemed to suddenly seep out of the shadows in the corner of the room and into my thoughts, my head, independent of any breath or being. They left you for me. Where are you? My own voice shook and I still searched the room for any sign or the light for any new shadows that might have indicated the presence of someone or something else, either in the room with me or acting as some spectator to my circumstance. Here. Each thing it spoke sent a wretched tremor down my spine if one could even call it speaking. But where? Why can't I see you? It was here I realized that it was a wordless sort of speech. It did not echo the way a voice would. The sound did not travel through the air in any way that I could determine against the silence. It was a flat voice, layered upon itself, but those layers gave no depth or fullness. Can't you? In breathtaking suddenness, an image of, of whatever it was flashed against my mind with a piercing phrase, the voice, the voices uttered. My thoughts burned, my memories screamed against the edges of my skull, and then it was gone as soon as it had come. But even that moment of sight, of knowing it by sight, the trembling in my hands increased. My chest became to my heart what the cage is to a startled bird. I did not realize I was moving until I had pressed my back into the far corner of the room, begging the walls for some support, some comfort, some solid thing against whatever was happening. Oh God, hand over my mouth, the words came out through the gaps in my trembling fingers. Oh God, what are you? It did not answer. I had no other words. The silence was broken only by the ringing in my ears. I do not know how long I stood, stunned and blinking in the fractured daylight, but eventually, a new thought shifted into my shaken mind. The sound of the hammer against wood, reverberating in my memory like a voice in an empty stone room, like a flicker from a dream. 
And with it, I remembered a story. A story Charles told me from his youth about the deeper parts of the land. About things that sometimes trickled through the longer shadows that came with late summer. Things that came with the advent of the harvest season. A multitude in a whisper, out from the fields, out from the wood, hungry. If you heard it, it was your turn to feed it. And for a farmer to spare his crop from that ancient hunger. But it was a story. Charles told it to me, to our children, as a story. Some apparent ritual from his grandfather's time that he assured me no one truly believed, and continued that it was just nice to keep the old thoughts alive in memory. Nothing more. There was nothing in the dark wood that whispered of a hunger satisfied by the unthinkable. Is there not? It spoke again, and in a blinding instant, I was once again brief audience to its form. It was a whisper. How else could I ever hope to describe it? What else could I do but weep as it lingered in my mind? A thousand flat whispers rising out from the August shadows. Then another word followed. Was it even a word? More of a thought, a notion, a deep and terrible desire that reached out for me. Where the voice had spoken before in some chilling unison, it now became a dizzying chorus of a cacophonous hunger. Hungry. 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 I made no choice to scream, no conscious attempt to throw myself against the door, but I did. Until my fingertips were raw, splintered, and left streaks of blood across the unmoving threshold. Until my throat felt like fire and I had no voice left to spare. I begged for Charles, for my children, for anyone to open the door. I knew they would not answer. I expected they were gone, and I was truly alone with it. But I could not help the panic. The voices still whispered, ever whispered in my mind as I wept and screamed. A startled bird against the bars of a cage. I moved to the window, crying out as my skin shattered along with the glass, and pushed against the wood with whatever strength I had left within me. Please was the last word I could manage before the knowing set in, knowing that whatever strength I had would not be enough. Everything once again fell to silence as I sunk to my knees. The voices subsided. My nightdress was blood splattered, and glass crunched and shifted beneath my knees. There were shards and splinters of wood embedded in my skin that only dug farther as I moved, but what need did I have to worry about the pain? What was the point? If this whisper was the one from Charles's story, it would be an agony soon relieved. It was a whisper he had left me to be consumed by. As I settled onto the floor, a sweat, eyes and throat raw with a grieved terror overwhelmed by the sudden hopeless exhaustion, I felt something brush against my face. I lifted a now mangled hand to feel my cheek, and while I could not see it, I felt whatever this shifting was move also to that hand. There was a sudden new fire to the wounds on my palm, and I cried out as the bloodied gaps in the skin began to widen and pulse with this moving sensation. On my face, my eyes stung and streamed with tears anew, but this time, 
ones of irritation and burning pain as the feeling traveled from my cheek. When I opened my mouth again to shout, the feeling passed my lips, through my teeth, and became a creeping tightness in and trickling down my throat, down my arms, moving to the wounds in my legs, which then too began to ebb and pull and writhe. My chest began to prickle and tighten and burn, and soon everything was pain and this shifting nothing. And even though my eyes were closed and could not be opened, I was still able to see. See it in my head as it started to speak again, to whisper sounds and words and utter things which I was not able to understand. Things that sounded old, things that sounded like the depths of the earth and the darkness of the forests and the dirt in the fields. Things that sounded starving and thirsting and in want of fullness. And sightless, I could see the hues of sunset press through the cracks in the boards on my window. And the long shadows of August stretched across the far wall of my bedroom. And as the whispering increased, drowning out the burning, drawing out my spirit from within me, I became one of them. Jeez Louise, what a start. Um, I had a few name ideas, but I don't know what I want to pick. The first one I had was Room of Doom with three O's. Uh, the next one was, oh, dinner time with an exclamation point. And then the third one was dinner. I'm dinner with like a little colon after the first dinner. But I feel like none of those <laughs> get the spookiness of your story. Do any of you have a preference on what name I pick? I, oh, the third one, I like dinner colon I'm dinner. Uh, sorry it's not as spooky as your story, but I think it gets the vibe. <laughs> oh, yuck. I have the grossest goosebumps. I know that it's more convenient to record at nighttime, but I am scared. Uh, okay. Next story. Mel, can you top that? Be honest. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I like going You have become honest, Spice. Jess, that was an incredible story. Uh, you gave me the ucky yucky goosebumps. And my socks are spooked off. Let me just get them back on. Bells were my socks. All right, Mel, your turn to spook them off. Oh my god. Okay, also disclaimer. I didn't read the prompt. <laughs> la 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 <laughs> like I did I read a person wakes up to see that their windows and doors are boarded up I didn't read the woman or the family part so that's what you're getting okay insert spooky music here skibbity bop skibbity boo okay <clears throat> okay Ding dong rings the grandfather clock, filling sweet chimes into your head. Out of his sheets pops two fuzzy socks. Good morning, Clyde. Get out of bed. Now, Clyde was not your normal guy, not tall, nor short, nor wide, just perfectly in the middle sized. Imagine that, and you've got Clyde. Clyde does a yawn and a stretch, as you do when you open your eyes. But when he sat up out of bed, Clyde was met with a big surprise. 
Well, how strange, Clyde shouted, rubbing his eyes as hard as he could. It seems my room is still very dark because the windows are covered in wood. Now, if you're listening now, I can promise you this was not a normal event. Clyde normally let the sun shine through, for the light made him feel so content. I must find who did this, Clyde exclaimed, throwing on his robe, and began his descent down the stairs, carefully, as it would be easy to slip, especially with his fuzzy-socked toes. Each and every window Clyde passed by looked just about the same, boarded up head to toe, not even a sliver of light making it through the panes. Now Clyde lived in a big home all by himself, without his siblings, mom, or dad. Sometimes Clyde thought about that too much, and missing his family made him sad. But Clyde was on his own now. He was a big kid, just turned 18, so he wanted to show his family he could do more in life than just dream. So he moved out and into this house, finding it eerily quiet in his brand new home. But Clyde had cleaned it up real nice, and his decorations made him feel less alone. So you can imagine how shocked Clyde must be at the sight of his windows all having boards. And things were about to become even more strange when he made it down to the first floor. Oh me, oh my, Clyde exclaimed as soon as the floor touched his feet. It isn't just the windows that are strange, for my furniture is covered in sheets. And I can promise you all that are listening now, what Clyde said was no lie. Every furniture piece in his home looked like ghosts, flowy and white. Poor Clyde was having quite a day, especially since he lived alone. I mean, how would you feel if someone boarded up your home? I simply cannot figure out what is going on. This isn't normally how my house looks. No, no, this is all wrong. My windows shouldn't be boarded up. They should be open and filled with light. And my furniture is usually filled with colors, not covered in sheets of white. Now Clyde was starting to feel quite scared, and I imagine you would too. Things are not what they should be, so what is Clyde to do? I must keep pressing onwards, Clyde bravely said. Maybe if I go into the kitchen, things will look different and bright instead. But things were just getting stranger as Clyde moved through his home. For when he made it into the kitchen, he saw his body hanging from the rafters. What is this? Clyde gasped, feeling fog fill his head. He struggled to catch his breath as he stared at himself, hanged and dead. This can't be true. It can't be so. But unfortunately it was. See, Clyde was having a hard time in life, so he did what any sad, tired person would. Success did not come easy to Clyde, no matter how hard he tried. So Clyde decided to give up and end his pain, all alone in his house, a suicide. I don't want this story anymore. Take it back, at once. Oh, Clyde, you silly boy, you silly, stupid dunce. What you did cannot be taken back, no matter how hard you try. Regret and shame may fill your head, but at the end of the day, you died. Poor young Clyde fell to the ground, crying, shaking, and pleading. The door opened, and in came biohazard cleaners, who continued to board up the windows and mop up the bleeding. Poor Clyde, did you bother to leave a note? Say goodbye to anyone before doing what you did? Or does your family have to find out on a visit when they see your house in the state that it is? Did you think of anything before you decided to go? Any aftermath, pain, or repercussions? No. No, I'm sure you didn't. Clyde, you are truly disgusting. I've changed my mind. Please, I want to go back. But his cries fall on deaf ears. You've made your choice. Your time is done. Soon all memories of you will disappear. Ding dong rings the grandfather clock, loud enough to wake the dead. 
but poor Clyde is stuck for eternity here alone, over and over, to find out that he is dead. What the fuck? Oh god! You guys brought your A-game tonight. I have the uckiest, yuckiest goosebumps. I also could not decide- Oh my god, I am not crushing it with the names this episode. I have two options for this one. And neither of them- Neither of them get the vibe. Um, the first one was classic Clyde. Because <laughs> I thought he was just a man who was just rhyming. Uh, classic Clyde. And then the second one was, how do you forget something like that? Um, <laughs> but I don't know if that is too long to fit on our Twitter poll. So I'll go with classic Clyde. <laughs> My socks are spooked off and I am not going to put them back on. Chelsea, I am going to go over the criteria once again. Uh, they are up to interpretation. There is no correct way to do the ranking. It's just whatever you feel in your heart. The first one is, would you tell this story around a campfire? That's out of five. Can you sleep tonight? That's also out of five. And can you bring it home to mama? So, uh, give us just a quick feeling on how you're feeling with hearing those two stories and then start off with Jess. So, first we got the campfire factor. I think I would tell this story around a campfire. Um, the problem is deciding what kind of people would be at that campfire, and I'm not sure if it's suited for every genuine campfire population, so I gave it a four. Can I sleep tonight? Um, like, fairly uncomfortable. However, I do think that I could sleep tonight, so I gave it a 3.5. Can I bring it home to Mama? Well, my Mama quite likes horror stories, but I have a feeling like she would be a little bit stressed out because this is a mother. So, I'm gonna give it a 4. Okay. She'd be stressed in a good way. I'm gonna do some quick math. Uh. Oh, okay. Never mind. I got it. That was not as quick as I thought. You really threw me off with a little decimal there. All right. <laughs> it was just a point five, people. It wasn't a big thing. I'm making it more dramatic. I'm an actor. Chelsea, rank Mel's story for us, will ya? Here's the thing. Was it spooky? Absolutely. However, I don't know if campfire is the best setting for this story, because let's be honest, I was picturing at first telling it at like a church camp, and that was not where it headed. So that's a me problem, but I'm still giving it a three on that campfire factor. It would spook a lot of children, and I don't mean that in the best way. Uh, sleep tonight? I am very uncomfortable, so I don't know if I will be sleeping tonight. Who knows? I'm gonna give it... I wanna give it a 4.5. And can Mama? Well... My mom... My mom. Love her. Love her very much. Love this story. My mother would hate it. She would be distraught. So it gets a three from the mama factor. 
I was not that, I was actually, I was super great at Mad Minutes when I was in elementary school. I don't know where that skill is right now though. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Okay. I want to rank them as well because I have a bad case of FOMO. <laughs> My rankings don't mean anything. I just love talking. Uh, Jess's story, would I tell it around a campfire? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it would be too yucky for me to get through. Uh, but that's just because I'm just a gal who doesn't like splinters and there's nothing wrong with that. Two out of five. Can I sleep tonight? Nuh-uh. No, I can't. Zero out of five. <laughs> that was ucky yucky. One out of five. No, 0 0.5 out of five. Zero was too harsh. Um, sorry, Jess. <laughs> Mel's reaction made me feel awful. 0 0.5 out of five. Can I bring it home to mama? Uh, sorry, excuse me. Can I bring it home to mama? No. 0 0.5 out of five. Sorry, Jess. I... No mercy with this one. That was ucky yucky. Um, okay, Mel's story, would I tell her on a campfire? I think so, 4 out of 5. Can I sleep tonight? I think so, 3 out of 5. Can I bring it home to mama? It made me sad, and I feel like it would make my mom sad. But I also think that she'd enjoy it, so maybe a 1 out of 5? And if my calculations are correct, which I'm sure they are, I haven't written them down. I think Mel is the winner in my books, but then again, my vote doesn't count for anything. Sorry, Mel. <laughs> All right, my team has gotten back to me. We have our results. The team is me. Give me a drum roll. The winner for this podcast episode is Jess with dinner. I'm dinner. Woo! Woo! Just so everyone knows, you do have a say. We do have polls up on our Twitter with both the stories, you can devote on which one you think it is. And based on those polls and what our judge has decided, we will have a final winner for this episode. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you had a great, great time. I hope you got your socks spooked the freak off. Sorry for saying frick. Actually, I'm one of the bosses here, I can swear. Chelsea, do you have any social media you would like to plug? If I can remember what my TikTok handle is. Absolutely. Sure do. You can follow me on TikTok at Chelly97. Everyone follow. Everyone do it. I'm watching you. You better do it right now. Just kidding. I'm not watching you. I'm just saying that to scare you. Classic. Um, we have a Twitter. It is at SSMelAndJess, like what people name boats after. Uh, with the SS. Uh, be sure to hop on there to uh, put your vote in for the poll. I will tally up the scores at the end of... Wait, sorry. When do we have our big final episode? Uh, I, it's Halloween. Okay, perfect. Oh, crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, once we get to the end of our first season of this podcast, I will tally up the poll results and our judge results, and we will have one big major final winner who will get... A $5 e-transfer from me, your host, Ahona, and a Subway sandwich, also paid by me, Ahona. So you better pick a good one. Make it worth it. Just kidding. They're both worth it in my eyes. They're my besties. All right. Enough of this sappy business. This is a scary, spooky podcast, and we're here to hurt. <laughs>
we're not gonna sorry that for legal reasons that was a joke we're not hurting anyone we're all just having fun here all right i have talked for too much thank you so much for tuning into our second episode of spooky stories with mel and jess chelsea thank you so much for being our guest judge today since you are the judge you get to pick any number and that will be our next prompt for next episode pick a good one no pressure Okay, I pick number 14. 14? All right, folks, you heard it here. Number 14. We've got our prompt for next episode, and we will see you then. Stay safe and stay spooked. Carry an extra pair of socks and undies in case you pee. See ya! joining in for our podcast episode this has been spooky stories with mel and jess thank you chelsea for being such a lovely host chelsea sit oh fuck you're not the host (laughs) shit jess future jess ignore it